And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. This your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, we'll conclude Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden from 1949. Then it's part six of our ten-part mystery, The Cobra King Strikes Back on Adventures by Morse from 1946. By my side is my co-host, Lisa Wolf, and you literally are I was going to say that we are so close here in our new uh, studio here that we're almost touching. Lisa paid for uh, multi-million dollar studios here. But the desk is very small, so it's a tight squeeze here. Why didn't you spend a little more money on the desk? I'm going to work on that. You just wanted to be right next to me, didn't you, I like to be close to you, so this is my chance. You know what? I used my band roll-on today, so you don't have to worry. Your band (laughs) roll-on? My band (laughs) (laughs) roll-on. You're banning (laughs) roll-ons? I have my deodorant. Good. Is what I mean. Excellent. I'm happy about that. (laughs) Last time, we began listening to Our Miss Brooks from January 2nd, 1949, a show called Old Clothing. Here's Eve Arden in the conclusion of Our Miss Brooks. I better hang up now. Fred hates it when I talk to strangers. Oh, Mrs. Davis. Yes, Connie. I wonder if you'd give me a hand. I've been invited to a formal party tonight, and I just don't know what to wear. Well, what have you got, Connie? Oh, nothing. That is nothing but an old evening gown I've had for five years. Well, come on into your room, Connie, and we'll look it over. Here we are. It won't take long to find in my closet. Well, let's see. Here's a skirt and blouse. The suit I got two years ago. Here's one of the dresses I wear to school. Here's the other one. <laughs> oh, there we are. My pride and joy. Why, that's real pretty, Connie. And look at the fringe. Silly moths, they left the best part. (laughs) While I'm in here, I'd better find something to donate as well. Donate? Yes, the price of admission to the party is some old clothing. I know I've got some because I've been wearing it. Oh, dear, I forgot to tell you, Connie, but just last week when the Goodwill truck came around, they pick up old clothes, too, you know. I gave away everything of mine I could possibly spare. Well, that's all right, Mrs. Davis. You're not going to the party. I know, but uh, I also gave away a big bundle of your stuff. You had it lying in the closet, and Mrs. I Davis, that, that was for the cleaners. I had some of my newest clothes in that bundle. 1945 stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry, dear. Maybe you can borrow some old clothes to give. Well, I guess I'll have to. I know. I'll go over to the Conklins. He's got one suit I know could use an ocean voyage. Come on in. Thanks, Harriet. Are your folks at home? Mother's out shopping, but Daddy's upstairs taking a nap. Come on into the living room, won't you? Walter Denton and I were just playing pass it. Look who's here, Walter. Well, if it isn't my favorite English teacher. Sit down, Miss Brooks. Harriet and I were just playing pass it. So she told me. What's pass it? Well, it's a game we read about. Lots of high school kids play it. All you do is take a piece of Kleenex and hold it to your nose by sniffing. 
And then with both hands behind your back, you pass it down a long line of kids by sniffing it away from your neighbor. Oh. <laughs> Sounds fascinating. But where's the long line of kids? Oh, it's just as much fun with the two of us. More. <laughs> yeah, saves wear and tear on the Kleenex, too. Harriet and I go steady. That's why I'm here. But what brings you to the dread sanctum sanctorum of your school principal during a holiday? Please, Walter. You make Daddy sound like an ogre. Yes, Walter. Just because Mr. Conklin is my superior at school is no reason for me to live in dread of him. Harriet! Ah! <laughs> time to tell him you're here, Miss Brooks. You see, he's going to a big party tonight and wants to get some rest. Well, then maybe you kids can help me out. I've just got to get some old clothes somewhere right away. Why, Miss Brooks? The ones you've got on look fine. (laughs) Thanks, Walter, I think. But I'm talking about clothes I can donate. Golly, Miss Brooks, Mother just gave away every stitch we could possibly spare to the Salvation Army. Wait a minute. Daddy's new tuxedo is being delivered today. And he's got an old suit of evening clothes that I'm sure Mother would love to see given away. Say no more, Harriet. Do you think you can get it without waking your father? Sure, it's right here in the hall closet. Here it is, Miss Brooks. This is the suit Daddy wore when he first became a principal. Let me look at that. Hmm, I'll bet he was a sensation in these tales. Why? There are three of them. (laughs) Let's see. Oh, that's just where one of them is torn. You could patch that up in a jiffy. Thanks very much, Harriet. It's cloth anyway. Well, I'll be getting along home now. Mr. Boynton's picking me up soon, and I've got to see if my evening gown still fits me. I've had it for over five years. Oh, I think that's nice, Miss Brooks. What's nice, Walter? How you and your evening gown have grown old together. (laughs) Well, not that you're falling apart at the seams or anything. I mean, well, to me, you're still all wool and a yard wide. You have just failed in English for 1949. Would you care to try for 50? Uh, hello. Hello, Mr. Conklin? Yes, who's this? This is Kane from Kane's Classy Cut Clothes with four Ks. Oh, yes. Where's my tuxedo, Kane? You promised it to me by five o'clock. It's ten of now. Oh, that's what I'm calling about, Mr. Conklin. I can't get the suit to you by five o'clock. You can't? Well, then when will it get here? Next Tuesday. <laughs> Next Tuesday? But I've got a very important party to attend tonight. Oh, no, 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 got... Now, please, Mr. I... Conklin, don't yell at me. What? Yell at the lapel makers union. They went out on strike yesterday. But isn't there something you can do? Somebody who can fix now, this? Ca- calm yourself, you... Mr. Conklin. Even if I gave the suit to another shop to be finished, it wouldn't do any good. The buttonhole boys went out in sympathy. <laughs> well, how could you... Why do you... When did this... No, 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 how were you easy, able... Mr. Conklin. When my take suit... it easy. My blood pressure is just as high as yours. So let's be good to ourselves and exercise some control. Control? But how can I... What will I... Even if now, I have... Now, there's no use no of both of us aggravating. Uh, goodbye, Mr. Conklin. Happy New Year. Happy... Sh- <laughs> Harriet! Yes, Daddy, we're here in the living room. Harriet, I've had a great disappointment. My taxi... Oh, hello, Denton. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Conklin. We're playing Pass It. Want to sniff this Kleenex off my nose onto your nose? I can think of nothing more loathsome to do. Harriet, you know where your mother put my old suit of evening clothes? Your 
old suit, Daddy? Yes, yes. I've got to wear it tonight. Oh, but that old evening suit isn't any good, Mr. Conklin. It would make you look like a, like a head waiter in a cabaret. A head waiter in a... That happens to be one of the finest dress Please, suits. Please, Daddy. I gave it to Miss Brooks just a little while ago. She and Mr. Boynton are going to a party where you have to bring some old clothes to get in. What? That does it! Not only do my teachers openly flaunt my wishes about fraternizing, but they take my evening clothes along with them. <laughs> Children, do you know what I'm going to do? No, we don't. But I know one thing. If I was Miss Brooks, I'd hop in bed and pull the covers up over my head. <laughs> How does Old Faithful look on me, Mrs. Davis? Lovely, Connie. And fringe is more popular than ever. It's amazing what a tuck here and a stitch there will do. About what time did Mr. Boynton say he'd be over? About this time, Mrs. Davis. I'll get it. Good evening, Mr. Boynton. Won't you come in? Oh, thanks, Miss Brooks. Say, that's an interesting overcoat you have on. Raccoon, isn't it? Yes. It's a relic of my college days. You mind if I hang it up here? It's pretty warm. Go right ahead, Mr. Boynton. Then come on into the living room. All right. Oh, that's better. Well, Miss Brooks, you certainly look lovely tonight. Thanks, Mr. Boynton. You look... Mr. Boynton, I told you we were invited to a New Year's Eve party, didn't I? Well, yes, you did. Do you always go to a formal party in white flannels with a blazer and a beanie? <laughs> Warmer, but you said you had to have some old clothes to get in. Some odd piece of wearing apparel is what you told me. Oh, great. I hope your sneakers are vulcanized. <laughs> I don't understand, Miss Brooks. Just what kind of a party is this? It's a formal party, Mr. Boynton, but the price of admission is some old clothes to be shipped abroad. Oh, well, I don't know. I, I don't usually go to parties on New Year's Eve. You don't? Well, how do you like to spend the evening, Mr. Boynton? Well, I usually have an early dinner, then catch the first show at the movies and hit the sack about 10.30. What does your doctor say about such carrying on? <laughs> Look, Mr. Boynton, I've already accepted for both of us, and... Wait a minute. I've got a dress suit that might fit you. Then we can bring the stuff you've got on as our, our admission. Just go into my room, Mr. Boynton, and take off those clothes. Oh, Miss Brooks, what in the You'll world... You'll find a suit of evening clothes right on the bed. Please slip them on. Mrs. Davis! Yes, Connie? Have you finished sewing Mr. Conklin's tail together? Just finishing now, Connie. Here it is, as good as new. It would make any head waiter proud. Oh, hello, Mr. Boynton. My, what a nice beanie. Three propellers. <laughs> Why you tell me what this is all about, Mrs. Davis? Well, you're going to an ideal source for information. Just take this suit and put it on, Mr. Boynton, please. Well, all right, Miss Brooks, but this is all highly irregular. Now, Mrs. Davis, let's go into your room. I want you to fix my hair in the back. I'm wearing it up, you know, and it's not quite high enough. My goodness, Connie, how high do you want it? High enough so that I'll have to stand on a chair to pull it down. Well, it doesn't fit too badly, I guess. Miss Brooks, I've got the suit on. That's fine. I'll just be a few minutes. Oh, would you answer that, please, Mr. Boynton? Mrs. Davis is still rummaging in my scalp. All right. Oh, well, it's Mr. Conklin. Good evening, sir. Good evening. I'd like a table down front, but not too near the drum. <laughs> oh. Oh, it's you, Boynton. Yes, sir. Won't you come in? No, I won't come in. Boynton, how did you... When did you... Who gave you... What are you doing 
Year's Eve, I'd swear that Mr. Conklin had come by. Oh, it is you, Mr. Conklin. Miss Brooks, I demand the return of my evening clothes at once. Your evening clothes? I cannot tell a lie, Mr. Boynton. Take it off. Take it off? Take it off! Well, don't just stand there, Mr. Conklin. Applaud a little. Get ready, everyone. It's 12 o'clock. Turn up the radio. Well, Miss Brooks, nice party, no? Oh, very nice, Mr. Benet. Ah, but it's midnight now. The band is playing all Lang Syne, and everyone should be kissing someone. Where's your Mr. Pointer? Oh, haven't you heard, Mr. Manet? He hit the sack at 10.30. Well, Mr. Boynton didn't show me such an exciting New Year's Eve, but we had another date the next day, today. After spending the afternoon at the zoo, we came back to my house. Uh, do you mind if I turn on the radio, Mr. Boynton? Oh, not at all, Miss Brooks, but I'm afraid I can't stay to listen to it. Why not? Well, actually, I didn't get into bed on New Year's Eve until ten minutes of eleven. I've got to catch up on my sleep. <laughs> and so, as Philip Boynton faded slowly into the West, I bade him farewell in true Zulu fashion by saying, Tunga Lunga Bimba Lakta, which means, how can you leave now? Jack Benny has switched over to CBS. <laughs> Tune in to another Our Miss Brooks show brought to you by Palmolive Soap, Your Beauty Hope, and Worcester Cream Shampoo for soft, glamorous dream girl hair. Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, is produced by Larry Burns, written and directed by Al Lewis, with music by Wilbur Hatch. Be with us again next week at this same time for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Stay tuned now for Lum and Abner, Bob Lamont speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And that's Our Miss Brooks from January 2nd, 1949, with Old Clothing starring Eve Arden, sponsored by Palmolive Soap, Your Beauty Hope, as heard on CBS. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, it's Adventures by Morse. Don't go away. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Gary, why aren't you outside enjoying the party? Uh, hey, Michelle, it's this heartburn. When it hits, it really hits hard. Oh, I'm sorry. That's it. I've had it. I'm going to kick acid with Rolaids. Rolaids Advanced goes to work instantly for powerful relief of your worst heartburn, bloating, and gas. Wow, you're packed fast. Yeah, I feel much better. Now this is a party. Kick acid and gas with Rolaids Advanced. I don't know how else to say this, so I'll just say it. What is it, Linda? I think we should see other people. Are you breaking up with me on a roller coaster? Well, we do have a lot of fun. Maybe we should stay together. An emotional roller coaster? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to Geico. I just need a little me time. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Commence Exxon and Mobile Field Test. Scientist observes Subject C at station. Subject C forgot his wallet. Subject C uses the SpeedPass Plus app to pay for gas and earn rewards with the tap of a button. Subject C is a cool guy. Subject C actually looks like my cousin Carl. Subject C is my cousin Carl. 
Conclusion, SpeedPass Plus is the quick, fast, secure way to pay for gas, and Subject C wrecked my jet ski. Yes, you did, Carl! Exxon and Mobile. Energy lives here. Visit exxon.com or mobile.com for details. Shop Lowe's 4th of July savings all week for great deals to update your home inside and out. Refresh your walls or renew your deck with $10 to $40 off select paint, primer, and stains. And if you're looking for a major upgrade, get up to 40% off appliance special values on some of the best brands in the business. All projects have a starting point. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 7-Eleven. Exclusions apply. See store for details. You are a hero. You may not fight killer robots, but a crabby toddler can be a formidable foe. Luckily, you're armed with a Chrysler Pacifica. Its best-in-class Uconnect theater can defeat any temper tantrum. And when cargo space is in danger, Pacifica's trusty class-exclusive stow-and-go always comes to the rescue. Get a great deal at the Chrysler Incredible Sales Event. Available feature based on the FCA US LLC premium event segment. Chrysler and Uconnect are registered trademarks of FCA US LLC. At AutoZone, helping you get more done is what we do best. Like with the AutoZone Rewards Program, you'll earn a $20 reward every time you spend 20 bucks or more five times. It's just one more way to get more done. Protect your engine from wear while protecting your wallet with great deals on oil change supplies from AutoZone. Visit any of our 5,500 locations nationwide and let us do more for you. See program terms on AutoZone.com slash rewards. Restrictions and details in store. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Balance of Nature's Fruits and Veggies in a Capsule. Thousands of doctors, health specialists, and professionals recommend Balance of Nature as a way of improving their health. Listen to a few unsolicited success stories from doctors that use Balance of Nature as well. Scientific research has shown that many cancers and lifestyle diseases can be prevented with a diet rich in fruits and vegetables. This prevention comes from the phytochemicals in the plants. I take Balance of Nature because I know, I've seen it in my lab, and I know that it works. I've seen the immune response increase, I've seen your DNA repair capacity increase, and I've seen DNA protection. And that, to me, as a scientist, rings so true. When you call, use discount code DEAL, and we'll take 35% off your first month's order and ship it to you free. Call 800-2468-751. That's 1-800-2468-751. Or go online to balanceofnature.com and use discount code DEAL. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360 across 200 radio stations coast to coast. My team is here, Lisa Wolf, my co-host and my executive producer and engineer, Mike Gastella. And we are playing uh, this Adventures by Morse series the last five weeks. And it's a ten-part adventure. We have part six now, which is called The Terrors of the Hollow Mountain. This is The Cobra King Strikes Back, part six of Adventures by Morse. Adventures by Morse. Carlton E. Morse presents... The Cobra King Strikes Back, featuring Captain Friday. If you like high adventure, come with me. If you like the stealth of intrigue, come with me. If you like blood and thunder, come with me. There is a killer loose in the jungle of Cambodia in the north of Indochina. A killer named Fen Lo, who was once the prisoner of Captain Bart Friday. Besides dealing in death, 
he is hand in glove with certain Cambodian priests in an attempt to bring about an uprising of the native Khmer people to throw off French rule and rediscover and re-inhabit the jungle cities of the ancient Khmer civilization, now gone to ruin these many centuries. But let Captain Friday tell it. There's a Cambodian legend that a famous emerald cobra idol disappeared with the fall of the Khmer nation, and that the nation will be restored when the precious snake statue returns. Now there's rumor that it's been found. I'm in Cambodia for the double reason of recapturing the murderer, Fen Lo, and to quell the native uprising by capturing or destroying the emerald cobra should it actually reappear. Now, Professor Lebrun, tell them about Dr. Carter. Dr. Carter, famed archaeologist, who was heading our expedition into the jungles, has completely disappeared. He has left his party under the care of Captain Friday and myself. Also in the party are Dr. Carter's daughter, Celia, Patricia Young, who is Captain Friday's secretary, Perry Mills, assistant archaeologist, and uh, Skip Turner. At Angkor Tom, we were kidnapped and we were taken into the jungle aboard an elephant and camel caravan. We were abandoned in an ancient jungle temple, and we were then picked up by a second caravan made up of wild mountain ponies under the guidance of fierce Cambodians of the back country. At the moment, we are each of us strapped onto a shaggy, vicious-looking little pony. We have been traveling through rugged, exotic jungle country all day. <laughs> Our pack of dogs seem to have smelled another mouse. Golly, Professor Lebrun, I never thought riding horses was like this. It's only like this when you're not used to it. We ought to be thankful that we're kept in a group so that we can talk to each other anyway. <laughs> Listen to Pollyanna Perry Mills. Oh, I know it's tough on you girls, with your feet tied to the stirrups and your hands tied behind you. It's just the same. It would be ten times worse if we had been separated. <laughs> Skip Turner's gone to sleep on his pony. Look, he's all slumped over. Not by a jug full, I ain't. Not that I ain't been trying to. Captain Friday's been trying to get some shut-eye, too. No, I've just been thinking... We've been climbing this tortuous mountain path for a good three hours now. I don't understand where they're taking us. We're practically out of the jungle country. It's getting more rugged. Yeah, rugged is right. Notice we've left the banyan and frominger trees and the bamboo groves behind. There's hardly any elephant grass this high up. Oh, that's true, Captain. We're coming to more and more places where we have to travel single file around precipices and through gullies. Yeah, and I ain't seen any of them big monkeys that Paris showed us for a couple hours. Hey, you mean the Gibbons? All the wild animal life is thinning out. <laughs> What's the matter, Patricia? I wonder if I look as funny as you do, Celia, with your hair flying and streaks of dirt all over your face like war paint. Well, I don't think <laughs> either of us bring a very high price at the slave market just now. Well, no man ever saw me like this before. This horse I'm tied on doesn't stop this jogging and stumbling and lurching pretty soon. I'm going to scream. I, I've bitten my tongue three times. Oh, it can't last much longer. See, the sun's already throwing long shadows down into the valleys. They've got to stop for the night very soon. Did I hear someone say something about stopping? Yes, they'll have to make camp before it goes dark. You know, I think they've got some objective in view. You notice how the whole caravan has increased its pace? Look at poor Skip. Sagging down in his saddle as though he were dead. I admire that chap more than ever before. The rest of us have at least had a little experience on horseback. But he must be in a terrible agony. Yet, there hasn't been one word of complaint from him. Uh, I'm just tired. That's all that's the matter with me. Good night's sleep and I'll, I'll be as good as ever. Oh, it's different with Skip. He'll be incapacitated for a whole week. 
he'll never be able to carry on tomorrow. Listen. You folks hear that? Hmm. Sounds like a waterfall. Hear that, Patricia? Oh, it is. It is. You smell how fresh the air is? We're coming to water. Hey, look. The horses up ahead are galloping. I wish they wouldn't. I I can't bear galloping. Guess we'll have to do the best we can, Celia. The guards are whipping up their horses. Oh, gee. Hey, for the love of Mike, what's going on? Come on, Skip. We must be almost there. That's the first portion of part six of Adventures by Morse. More after these words. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now back to Adventures by Morse. They shouldn't have done this to me. Hey, they're going to take us off our horses. I wish they'd hurry. I wish they'd hurry. I wish they'd hurry. What are you saying, Celia? That galloping did something to me. I'm going to be sick. You girls, be careful when they lift you down, huh? You probably wouldn't be able to stand up. Here they come now. Uh, don't let them put you on your feet. Oh, hurry, hurry. I can't stand it any longer. I can't. There, there, Celia. They're, they're unfastening your legs now. I can't stand it. I can't stand oh, it. Oh, poor child. It's the natural reaction after holding out for so long. There, there. She's off. Good. Oh, they had the sense to lay on the grass. Well, thank heavens I'm mixed. Hello, hello. Something's going on over yonder. Hey, what's happened to Skip? What's the matter with Skip? He went into a paint when they took him from his horse. Well, that was rather to be expected. He'll be all right, though. He has stamina. Oh. Are you all right, Patricia? Oh, oh. oh I... I feel so absolutely dead to my waist down. Well, the circulation has oh, been partly oh. cut off in your lower limbs. Oh, now move geez. them about. Grab well, them. Yes, well, I... That will bring back this uh, oh. to life. Now, Celia, yes. you had better do the oh. same. Oh, I'm sorry. I was such a baby. I kind of lost control of myself for a minute. Oh, it was the most natural thing in the world. Oh, I guess I'm next. Get the thongs off, you men. Well, here I come. Oh, Professor, you fell. Did you hurt yourself? Oh, nothing but my dignity. <laughs> That's what I get for being so cocky. I warned you to let them lift you to the grass, and then I turned right around and tried to get off by myself and landed in a heap. I thought, sure, that pony was going to kick you. You fell right under its feet. Yeah. Let's see what we can do about getting a little circulation started around here. See, my... My legs are beginning to throb and then tingle. Uh, circulation is returning. Hi, uh, Captain Friday. Yes? Uh, having trouble making your limbs work? Oh, plenty. Well, massage them and move them with your hands. Uh, skip, come around. Yes, yeah, she's all right. Uh, don't wander away, Patricia. Oh, with dark coming on, I should say not. Oh, I wish they... wish they get a fire going. Why? Why, look. Oh, the horses are gone. Gone? Why? So they are... This country seems to be the native haunts for all sorts of vanishing traits. But they, they were here just a moment ago. They must be somewhere. <laughs> Quite probably they are. Hello, hello. What do these particularly vicious-looking fellows want? I've never seen them before. Go away. 
Go away. Don't touch me. Oh, it's me. all right, Celia. It's all right. Don't be frightened. Now, look. One of them is carrying Skip and another one has Perry. They're going to carry all of us. Joe, what gigantic fellows. Look how that native handles Captain Friday. <laughs> as though he was a child. You, uh, you think it's all right? Mm, I don't think we have much choice in the matter. There goes Celia. Oh, I hope he doesn't drop her. He's big enough to carry three of her. Here's your man, Patricia. Well, the Market Street Railway never was like this. Here I go. Hello? Aha, so you're my pack horse. All right. Let's go. Hey, look, there's the waterfall. See it around the precipice? Oh, how gorgeous. Ah! Oh, what's the matter with Celia? Can you see her? Yes, yes she's up ahead. Oh, she's struggling and fighting with the carrier in her arms. I wonder what it is. Celia, what's the trouble? They're going to drown us! They're going to drown us! What is she saying? She says they're going to drown us. She must have seen something up ahead. Oh, nonsense. They wouldn't bring us all this way just to drown us. Look! Oh, look! They're carrying us straight into the water. No! No! They're going to drown me! Hey! Hey, Scott, what on earth are they doing? Oh, she's being drowned! She's being drowned! Look! Look, she's gone! Oh, use your head, Patricia. Oh, the carrier has disappeared, too. He might possibly drown Celia, but it isn't likely he drowned himself. And the same goes for Captain Friday and Perry and Skip. They've all disappeared, too. Well, then what has happened? I saw Celia disappear in the water with my own eyes. Wait, wait and see. Now, there's some sort of a natural phenomena here. An optical illusion. Look, our carriers are going down into the water, too. Oh, oh. Looks cold and sullen, doesn't it? The roar of the falls is getting too loud. We won't be able to talk much more. Ah! Here we are, safe and sound. <laughs> I'll bet you never had this experience before. Oh, and I don't ever want to again. We went right through that waterfall. Oh, I'm so glad to be on my feet again. An amazing adventure. We are in a cabin behind the waterfall. Can you walk? Yes, yes, I'm all right now. Except I'm plenty scared. Come on, let's join the others. Well, hi there, Professor. How was that for a piggyback ride? Woo! Man, have I got something to tell my grandchildren. Right out of nowhere through a waterfall into a great big cave. Hmm. Just like a page out of Persian night. I think you mean Arabian night. Yeah, that's what I say. Hey, listen, my voice echoes around like I was a giant. Hello, Captain Friday! <laughs> well, Skip, you seem to have recovered rapidly. Yeah, I got well quick enough when I thought they was going to douse me in the river out yonder. <laughs> Hey, what's this all about, anyway? Oh, this seems to be part of somebody's idea of how to treat prisoners. Uh, come on, let's hold a confab with Captain Friday while we're waiting for our guards to uh, make the next move. Gee, when I, when I saw you disappear, Celia, I thought you had gone down in the water. I was terribly frightened. Well, that's just the way I saw Skip disappear ahead of me. That's when I screamed. I thought they were drowning all of us. Oh, instead of that, they, they just walked into the water up to their waists with us and then circled around the back of the falls. I didn't even get wet. Did you? Not the least bit. The native who carried me was a huge fellow. Current was awfully swift. Water was up to his armpits, and yet he lifted me up on his shoulder and carried me along as if I were a baby. Yeah, yeah, they did that with all of us. Hey, why do you suppose they brought us back into this cavern? I wonder. 
Oh, it's so dark. Those torches aren't much better than candles. Uh, hello, Celia. Oh. Recovered from your horseback ride? Oh, Perry, I, I thought you men were holding a conference. <laughs> no, it's dwindled into a bragging party. Everybody seems to think he had the strongest native carrying him. Well, let's go over and join him, huh? Yeah, why not? Oh, oh. Why, what's wrong, Celia? Oh, I, I guess I'm kind of wobbly yet. Oh, poor kid. Here, here, let me carry you. No, thanks. I've been carried enough today. And might get to be a habit. <laughs> Good kid. Here, Perry, you walk on one side of her and I'll walk on the other. Oh, isn't this silly? You're taking this a lot better than I am, Patricia. Oh, nonsense. It's just that I've always done a lot of horseback riding at home. Besides, being Captain Friday's secretary, I'm used to being pushed around. Hello, what's this? Oh, kind of wobbly, that's all, Captain Friday. Well, you better sit down and take it easy. We've got something more ahead of us. Hey, we had enough? You mean they ain't through yet? I was watching the guards. It's got something to do with this cavern. They're making some pretty elaborate arrangements. Since the leader of this expedition, Dr. Howard Carter, archaeologist and explorer, mysteriously vanished from Saigon, capital of French Indochina, the party has experienced one violence after another. They have been kidnapped and dragged through the Cambodian jungles until they are near exhaustion. Captain Friday and Professor Lebrun, as co-leaders of the party, have done their best to keep up the spirit of the members. But what the group need is the leadership of an old, experienced hand such as Dr. Carter. At the moment, they have been taken from little wild Cambodian ponies to which they have been tied for almost 12 hours, transferred on native shoulders to a cavern behind a great waterfall. The two girls, Patricia and Celia, are lying on a thatch of grass, resting, while the four men, Captain Friday, Professor Lebrun, Skip Turner, and Perry Mills, assistant archaeologist, Discuss the situation. Talk quietly so the girls can't hear us. Yeah. We're completely at the mercy of these Cambodians. There must be 20 of them, and they're savage brutes. Escape would be impossible. Escape where? We're trapped in this cavern behind the waterfall. Well, there's no turning back now. We're going on. And what's more, we're going to take the killer Fen Lo out with us, dead or alive. Yeah, we don't care which. Oh, Sierra, and we better watch that kind of talk. They've guards all about us. Just the same, Professor Lebrun. This crew of Cambodian cutthroats thinks it can chase us out of the jungle with all this hocus-pocus. And it's got another guess coming. Tell me, Captain Friday, do you feel as antagonistic as ever towards Fenlo? Now that you know just what the country is like, could you either destroy or turn over to the French government the precious seven-headed emerald cobra? If you should lay hands on it. I've given my word to do just that. You gave your word before you had the faintest idea what it was all about. Would you have given your word so readily if you had known? How is anyone to know what he would have done under a given set of circumstances? And then you are still out to get Fen Lo. Yeah, and I'll tell you something else. I'm going to smash up every one of their blasted idols I can get my fingers on. Just to get even with them for dragging me around the country on elephants and wild horses, see? <laughs> Fair enough, Skip. Hey, boss. Boss, here come our guards. Oh, more monkey business, huh? Here, take my hand, Celia. Oh, let's stick together this time. Yes, as, as long as we're together, it helps. They're coming with torches. Looks like we're making a trip through this cavern. So it does. Hey, that, that big one over there is motioning to us to follow. Shall we go? How are you going to keep from it? I'll go first. Skip, you bring up the rear of our party. Okay, Chief. Perry, you keep close to the girls. I'd like to keep with you, Captain. Well, let's move. Have you noticed the guards, Patricia? In this half-dark, all you can see are their teeth and the whites of their eyes. They look some, like something unearthly. And they're so silent. 
What a wonderful imagination, Celia. You know, I'm getting over my nervousness. Nothing terrible seems to be happening to us. I've just got shivers of excitement. Excitement? Well, the way you've been squeezing my hand... You... Oh, that's just nervous excitement. Look at the shadows cast on the wall by the torches. Hey, look at the torches ahead. They're climbing the wall. Watch your step behind there. Coming to a tremendous cavity. Sheer drop into blackness. Hey, did you hear that? A sheer drop. And yet there they go. Up the wall with the torches. Look, look there. There's a couple of logs thrown across the pit and against the wall on the other side. With crossbars like a crude ladder. You... You mean we've got to cross this deep pit on that... On that shaky ladder? Oh, I hate high places. You'll be all right, Celia. I dropped back to give Perry a hand with the girls. Like climbing a fireman's ladder. You don't mind it, Patricia? Oh, my hair is practically standing on end, but I love it. All right, Celia, all right. You come along with me. There's room for two on the ladder, side by side. Now, are you ready? Uh, yes. Good. Perry, you and Patricia follow right at our heels. Coming. Now then, here we go. Oh, but it, it's shaky. Don't, don't worry. It will hold. If you get nervous, let me know and I'll take hold of you. I, I'm all right, I, I guess. Are you folks coming along, Perry? Fine. Patricia's in a nervous sweat, but she's planning like a fireman. I, I, do you mind hanging on to me for a minute, Professor LeBrun? I, I feel kind of funny. Of course not. There, there. Now, how's that? There. That's better. I, I've never been up in the air like this before. Just five or six feet now. And we'll be across. Yes, but look. We've still got to climb some more ladders right up the face of the wall. Oh, that won't be so bad. Uh, now, shall we go in? Well, I... I guess the sooner we start, the sooner it'll be over. You don't need to hang on to me now. Say, this is some climb. Down on your hands and knees. Great sport, huh, Patricia? Hey, hey, Perry, not, not so fast. Supposing the ladder should break. Well, don't even think of it. Oh, I'm glad it's dark below us anyway. I couldn't possibly do this if I could see. Here, here, keep your mind on your climbing. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Oh. Here we are across. Wait until I scramble up on the ledge. There. That puts us across the chasm, anyway. Oh. A couple of guards with torches to show us what to do next. Hey, look. There go more torches way up the side of the wall. Yes, and there's Captain Friday and Celia and Lebrun climbing along after them. Oh, I know I can't do that. Oh, it probably isn't half as steep as it looks. Yeah, well, it's steep enough. Hey, what do they think we are, anyway? A bunch of steeplejacks? Well, hello, Skip. Phew. They should give you some new ideas on how to treat prisoners. <sighs> look at that precipice. Yeah? Hey, you don't mean we got to climb that wall. Hey, look, the guards are waiting to us to hurry. We don't want to get too far behind. We can still climb side by side. See you later, Skip. Yeah, well, you ain't going to lose me. I'm right on your heels. Whew! Talk about your nightmares. This has got them all skinned a mile. Where in the world do you suppose they're taking us, Perry? Well, looks like we're on the inside of a hollow mountain. We better stop talking and save our breath for climbing. And don't look down. Just keep your eyes up and climb. Yeah, and don't fall. On account, I'm right below you. Well, I guess this is the top. Is that you just behind me, LeBron? Yes, Captain. With Celia. 
Jolly dark up here. Where are you? I think we've climbed the last of the ladders. I'm on a sort of ledge. The guards are waiting up ahead. Uh, reach down and get hold of Celia if you can, Captain Friday. All right. She's exhausted. Yeah, I can imagine after two hours of it. This has been terrific. Hey! Hey, one of you fellas bring a torch over here. Come here! They don't understand you. Yeah, I suppose not. There. I've got a hold of her. Oh. Up she comes. Oh. Yeah. There you are. Don't make me climb uh. any more ladders. I, I can't. Don't worry. Looks like it's all over. I never would have believed such a place existed if I hadn't seen it for myself. How's my secretary doing? Oh, Perry's bringing Patricia. Uh, coming, Perry? Here we are. Patricia's about all in. Yeah, there they come. I see their outline. Look at the way they're coming up the ladder. Like firemen. Here, I'll give them a hand. All right, here she comes. Oh. Yeah. There, Patricia, you're safe enough now. Oh, boss. I'm ready to kill over. <laughs> Quite oh. a climb. How are you, Perry? Oh, okay, I guess. Hey, somebody get a hold of me, will you? You think I want to hang here on this ladder all night? Give me a hand. All right, Skip. Here's my hand on it. Up you come. Oh, thanks. You have to climb in all them ladders. I reckon I'm about qualified for the steeplechase, huh? Hey, why don't we get some light around here? <laughs> what you laughing at? A steeplechase is a horse race, uh, Skip. Oh, yeah? Well, not the kind of steeplechase I'm talking about. Well, we can't sit here on this six-foot ledge a thousand feet up in the air talking about steeplechases the rest of our lives. I feel like I could lie right here and sleep for a week. Yeah, there come the last of the guards. Yeah, and those up ahead are waving us to follow. Professor... Have you noticed the difference in looks of things? What do you mean, Captain? Well, the rock below and alongside the ladders was rough and rugged, just as nature left it. This rock looks as though it's been hewn and chiseled smooth by human hand. Well, it was centuries ago, if it was. I don't doubt that. Hang on to my hand, will you, somebody? The edge looks awfully near. Well, oh, that's my job, Celia. Hey, Patricia, how'd you like me to hang on to you? Oh, I think that would be sweet of you, Skip. Yeah? Well, that's the first time a babe's ever called me that. What's that? Oh, call me sweet. Oh? <laughs> Seem to be following a sort of semi-circular ledge around the inner side of a hollow mountain. Yes, and we're still climbing. Not so much, though, now. Hello. The natives up ahead with the torches have stopped. They're yeah, waiting for us, I reckon. Oh, I see. Look there. They're standing in an arched doorway carved out of solid rock. Looks as though we're entering some kind of an underground building. There's a bit of civilization for you. You see that iron chain stretched across the passageway? Hey, they're unfastening it. Evidently, they intend taking us through. Must be getting near the end of our trail. Come along, they want us to follow. Well, we left the chasm behind anyway. Yeah, what kind of a rat's nest is this? Hello. Look at the passageways leading off in all directions. Mm, looks to me like the same kind of underground passageways we got trapped in in that there gorilla temple. By Joe, Skip, I bet you struck it. Huh? Struck what? I believe we are on the lower floor of another of those uh, old Khmer temples. Of course that's it. You think so, Lebrun? I haven't the least doubt, Captain. Look, we're going up some stairs now. Hmm. What's the matter, Sylvia? You're awfully quiet. I'm so tired, I can hardly make my legs move. Oh, poor kid. I, I guess everyone's just as bad as I, but oh, I hope they got real beds in this place, not just straw on the floor. <laughs> Remember, we're prisoners here, not guests. Oh, it doesn't make any difference. I'm too tired to care. Look, look, what's that funny light at the top of the stairway? <laughs> what? You, you don't recognize that, Patricia? I know. Do you? Of course, and so should you. 
You've seen it often enough. I don't know what you mean. Lady, that's the moon. Why, we're outside again. Out in the open night. On top of the mountain, we climbed from inside. Evidently. Yeah, look at there. We're on a sort of balcony. Hey, you were right, Professor Lebrun. Look at those inscriptions. There's no doubt about this being an old Khmer temple. Hey, one of them guards is motioning for us to tag along again. Oh, isn't there any end to this? Apparently, they're going to take us inside the monastery. Well, it won't be long now. Dinner and bed. Gloomy-looking dungeon. Mm, built on the same principle as the Gorilla Temple and Angkor Wat. Huge, drafty, high-ceiling recesses. Hello? We've evidently reached our destination. Look at those bronze fixtures on the door. Everything bronze, even to a knocker. Hey, watch. One of the guards is going to use it. Nah, I suppose this here's another prison cell for us. I can't tell. There she opens. Look. Look who's in there. It's my father. Oh. Look out. Catch her. She's fainted. Well, I'll be doggone. Dr. Carter. So the same thing has happened to Dr. Carter. He likewise is a prisoner. Listen next week to the seventh episode of The Cobra King Strikes Back, entitled The Face of a Beast. You are listening to Adventures by Morse. And that's Adventures by Morse from May 26, 1946, with The Cobra King Strikes Back. That is part six of this ten-part adventure. That's called The Terrors of the Hollow Mountains. It stars David Ellis with Barton Yarborough in the cast. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a quick break. Then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Come with us to the Caribbean on Royal Caribbean's newest ship, the Symphony of the Seas, February 16th through the 23rd. The largest passenger ship in the world offers 19 specialty restaurants. We're planning special events just for our group, including a cocktail party, a trivia contest, and auditions to win a starring role in our very own onboard live radio reenactment show. Kelly Cruises and Tours is our exclusive travel partner. Visit kellycruises.com slash classic radio. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Well, next week it's Big Town, The Burns and Allen Show, Gunsmoke, I Was a Communist for the FBI, The Phil Harris and Alice Faye Show, and Part 7 of Adventures by Morse. From my team here at Hollywood 360, thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time. <laughs>